Welcome, everybody. My name is Corey Allen, and of course, this is the Overton Report. We appreciate you joining us today. Uh, you can catch us at 7 and 8 p.m. every Tuesday night on BigPatriotRadio.com. And you can also catch us at TheOvertonReport.Substack.com. Uh, if you sign up, everything will be sent directly to your inbox, so you don't have to worry about a, uh, catching us at a specific time. Of course, don't forget to follow us on YouTube. Uh, just search The Overton Report or youtube.com slash The Overton Report. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching The Overton Report or facebook.com slash Overton. We've got a couple of interesting uh, stories today. And uh, I really don't even know what to think about a lot of this stuff that we're going to be talking about. The first thing. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is this group, and uh, they're based out of Charleston. They work all over the state of South Carolina, and they're called uh, We Are Family. Okay, We Are Family Charleston dot org is their is their website. Now, this is a group that they use a lot of flowery language, but when it really comes down to it, this is this is what it says on the first part of their of their website the the landing page it says providing affirming spaces for lgbtqi plus youth in the low country since 1995 so if you if you catch it they say youth so this is a group that is specifically about grooming the next generation of of children into becoming a part of the lgbtqi plus community now there's a couple of very crazy things about this group and on this website. And some of you, you know, they, they recently had the pride festival in, in Charleston and a few other places. We are family, um, has played a major role in those. Some of you might remember a, uh, the, uh, like every year there's a, there's a queer prom, right? This is the group that puts that on. This is also a group that does something called the trans love fund. Okay. Now the trans love fund, it says on their website is dedicated to supporting the trans community through providing emergency funds to trans identified individuals throughout South Carolina. It says we know that the needs of members of our trans community do not begin and end with legal and healthcare costs. But we also know that these folks often face expenses in these areas that cisgender people do not face. Trans people struggle disproportionately to find safe workplaces. They're often denied access to the most basic staples in life, like warmth and shelter. Denied access. Oh God. Okay. In response to these needs, uh, we are family. WAF created a grant structure and application process that will provide funding for a full spectrum of needs for transgender people in South Carolina. The trans love fund provides micro grants to trans identified individuals throughout the state for medical, legal and emergency living expenses. So if you go down, it tells you, you know, something about the, the history of the trans love fund. It was started in 2013 at their annual spirit day event. So it's like, okay, they're doing micro grants, right? So, I mean, this is ideological in nature. It is what it is. Here's the part that kind of creeps me out. 
When you go down to the frequently asked questions, it asks the question, who is this fund for? It says the Trans Love Fund provides microgrants to trans people who are 16 and over and currently live in South Carolina. Okay, so 16 year olds are getting money for hormone treatment from this group in South Carolina. And here's the part that really makes you want to ask some questions. And these, this is just a question. It says, if you are under 16, not emancipated, and seeking funding, please email translovefund at gmail.com. What does that mean? What does that mean? So they're, they're, they're basically implying that if you're under 18, or under 16, rather, First off, it's already screwed up that they're giving 16-year-olds access to funds for hormone replacement therapy without parental consent. But then they say if you're under 16, and they specifically mention and not emancipated, and you're seeking funding, go ahead and shoot us an email. We'll see what we can do for you. So tell me, tell me what's really going on here now. That would be bad enough, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, local South Carolina sponsors that are listed on the website in a little bit, but if that wasn't bad enough, they do a, a queer youth fest, an annual day-long festival that they hold during uh, June Pride Month, which is, like I said, specifically there during during the Pride Festival in Park Circle in North Charleston, which is where we've had videos We've put videos up of children dancing and being given dollar bills while they're dancing in bars in North Charleston, right? And all the twerking and stuff like that that goes on in front of the kids there. But they, uh, this group, We Are Family, holds a queer youth fest during that that includes drag brunches, trivia, dancing, workshops, restaurant specials, lectures, a cabaret show. Queer Youth Fest Cabaret Show. They're doing a daycare, or a, uh, I'm sorry, a summer camp for children 13 and up this coming week. I think it starts August 3rd. So that's weird. And on top of that, they have something called Kid Space Playgroup. It says Kid Space is a supportive and affirming playgroup facilitated by therapists. Gender transition affirming therapists only the group incorporates support services advocacy tools networking opportunities and a safe safe space to play with peers kid space is for lgbtqia plus youth aged 10 and below let me say that again kid space is for LGBTQIA plus youth aged 10 and below. And they do this with, uh, they've partnered with the Children's Museum of the Low Country and the Play Therapy Center of Charleston. I don't know why this has become such a controversial thing to say, but children don't know who they want to sleep with. And they sure as hell don't need to be defined and and focusing solely on their sexual preferences. And adults don't need to be 
dividing them up based on the sexual preferences that they are pushing on those children. This is insane. This isn't like the Batman fan club kids day, daycare, right? This isn't, oh, your kid likes Ninja Turtles. My kid likes Ninja Turtles. Let's get them together. That's not what this is. This is parents, teachers, these quack doctors sitting here and, and pushing sexuality on children and then putting them all in a room together. And this is insanity. Now, you would you would think that this would be something that's questioned, something that's like something that, that people look at and they're like, wait a second, something's really wrong here. Something's very, very wrong here. But instead, the media in Charleston have been putting out all throughout June, they were putting out little puff pieces about this very group having their some of their partners and managerial staff counselors come on the news asking for donations to this trans love fund and for these programs in order to get minors access to cross-sex hormones to sterilizing drugs is Give Out Day, and it's a national day of giving for the LGBTQ plus community. The Charleston-based nonprofit, We Are Family, they need help reaching their donation goal of $10,000 to make sure queer and trans youth can thrive here in South Carolina. Our own Destiny Kennedy is live outside of that nonprofit in Charleston. And Destiny, how does this nonprofit help the community there? This year, donations are going specifically to two of the We Are Family programs, the life affirming programs. The first one is the trans love fund. This program provides rapid response emergency funds to trans identified individuals throughout the state. The second program is the mental health assistant program, which increases access to affirming mental health services by connecting both LGBTQ plus youth and affirming therapists. We are family community events director Jonathan Ramirez says this national day raises awareness about the importance of funding. A lot of corporations will donate to pride festivals, but really we need these, these funds to go to the work of the organizations who are doing the grassroots work. At We Are Family, our programs are funded by community support, by corporations donating to us. And so this really just highlights the need for funding to keep our programs running. For more information on how you can donate to We Are Family, visit live5news.com. In North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. And you're the bad guy for speaking out against that or, 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 or just questioning it. You're, a, you're an evil bigot for saying, hey, guys, I don't know if seven and eight-year-olds should be put into a box of who they like to have sex with. Why is that controversial? This is this is gross. This is disgusting. And anybody who donates to this, supports it, allows it to continue without at least speaking out? <laughs> Sorry, dude. You're the bad guy. And if you're looking at this on uh, theovertonreport.substack.com, I'm going to put some links to this website for you. They even have a wearefamilycharleston.org Discord. Discord is a chat group. That's all hidden. It's all encrypted. You, know, you need passwords, all sorts of stuff to keep it private. And this is 
a discord that adults are bringing children into for God knows what. Now, that's not just me thinking out loud. All over the internet, you'll find, and I'm talking mainstream media, NBC News, Daily Beast, that's a leftist organization if everyone existed. Both of them are, okay? Uh, Child predators are using Discord, a popular app among teens for sextortion and abductions. In hidden communities and chat rooms, adults have used the platform to groom children before abducting them, trade child ex- uh, sexual exploitation material, and extort minors whom they trick into sending nude images. Daily Beast. That, w- that was NBC. Here's Daily Beast. Discord is a magnet for pedophiles, report finds. Discord, an instant messaging social platform with millions of users, has provided a space for child predators to groom minors and extort them into sending sexually explicit images of themselves, according to a horrifying news report. Uh, the outlet discovered 35 cases of adults charged with kidnapping, grooming, or sexual assault who used Discord to communicate with their victims. In addition to 165 more cases of pedophiles prosecuted for sharing child porn and engaging in, in sextortion. And they say that that's just the tip of the iceberg. W- w- the point is that Discord is well known to be a way for uh, groomers, especially in this, you know, ideologically, you know, like the leftists. Those types of groomers, a lot of the uh, trans TikTokers are always like, hey, join me on my Discord. If you want to, as a matter of fact, listen to this. This is one of the most popular they thems on TikTok. Listen to what he says that they use their Discord for. Your parents screwed up. It's okay to say so. (laughs) That's why I made so that we could talk about it so that we could connect in a way that has more privacy, so that we could talk to each other in a way that's uh, more open and stuff that we wouldn't share like in the comments of a video like this. I think you're worthy and valuable and I wanted to spend more connected time with you, healing together and hearing your deeply inspiring stories. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't want to harp on the Discord aspect too much, but, I mean, in context with everything else, uh, at least the questions are fair. The question is fair. Like, what is going on here? And then when you go down to the sponsors, you're seeing local companies here. Condon Family Law, Old Whaling Company, a, uh, like, makeup and, you know, body lotion type company. D'Alessandro's Pizza. The Transformative Teaching Collective, Amorous Dance, Pole and Fitness, Joy Law Firm, and then of course, you know, the the ones you would expect to see like Campaign for Southern Equality, the Trans Justice Funding Project, those are just larger groups, you know. Gender Benders is one of one of their sponsors. But these are local companies. Do they know? Do they know that they're giving money to be used on sterilization hormones for children do they know that and if they do what's going what's going on here right now in in looking at that i found the uh transformative teaching collective because i had never heard of that i was like oh well that sounds interesting well the transformative teaching collective is a worker-owned cooperative founded to promote social justice education in the South Carolina Lowcountry and beyond. Our facilitators are based in Charleston, 
Durham, North Carolina, and New Orleans. We design and facilitate interactive workshops that invite participants to co-create a deeper understanding of concepts related to diversity, oppression, solidarity, and liberation. We offer customized sessions to meet the needs of schools, community groups, nonprofits, government organizations, and businesses of all types and sizes who wish to deepen the unity, vision, and collective development among coworkers or members. We are especially interested and equipped to work with teachers who desire to embrace more liberatory, holistic, and inclusive forms of pedagogy. We are dedicated to practicing cooperative principles that allow us to educate, learn, and grow from one another. All the flowery language of the collectivists, right? All the flowery language of the social justice warrior, but really critical theory in all its forms. It says uh, a little bit lower that we are in the process of completing our women-owned small business certification as six out of our seven member facilitators are women. Additionally, four of our members identify as LGBTQ+, and we are predominantly people of color-owned cooperative as well. These social identities significantly inform our work and our ability to invite others into dynamic processes of perspective-taking to build solidarity and dismantle interpersonal and systemic oppression. All of our workshops are co-facilitated by two or more of our members in order to offer a range of perspectives based on social identities and experience. So that is something that is definitely going to definitely something that we're going to have to take a deeper look into because based in South Carolina, I mean, they're specifically geared towards schools and teachers in South Carolina and all of their workshops are like, so from social identities to social justice, intercultural competency, power and identity politics in the workplace, microaggressions and anti-bias workshops, you know, gendered communication, everything that you know, white privilege, who has it? Why does it matter? This, oh my God, that's going to take me a while, but transformative teaching collective. That is one of, uh. We are family, charleston.org's larger donors <laughs> listed on their website. It all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? But I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned, like with them, with this transformative teaching co-op, you would expect them to be doing this sort of thing. More concerned about like pizza shops and Joy Law Firm and Condon Family Law. You know what I mean? And, 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 uh, What's a, what's a pole dancing company doing donating to 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 cross sex hormones for children? <laughs> what is that about? The weird world, weird world, guys. So yeah, we've got a lot of work to do with that one. It's such a can of worms that I feel like, and I've been looking at this for like a month and a half and kind of digging more into it. And it's just it's it's like an onion, man. Every layer that you pull off, it's a there's a whole nother. It's just never ending. So that's fun. So that's fun. So I, I would I would also ask, you know, teachers, administrators, if they have anything to do with this group, we are family, charleston.org. And I would also uh, find out if they have anything to do with Transformative Teaching Collective, because that is some dangerous stuff. And we all know that. So there's another thing that I would like to talk about and it's kind of in the same kind of in the same vein 
it's no secret, you know, with uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center coming out and deeming Moms for Liberty a, you know, an extremist group, uh, they also did the same thing to uh, USPIE, Parents Involved in Education, and SC, Parents Involved in Education. Uh, those are both groups begun in South Carolina. Uh, Sherry and April Few are the, the it's a mother-daughter team that are the founders and, and the people who run that organization. They've been like very pro homeschool and get government out, stop indoctrination. The type of stuff that I was just showing you is actually happening in South Carolina right now through groups like we are family, org and the teaching collective, the transformative teaching collective, right? It's no secret. The SCEA, uh, SC for ed, which is gone defunct now. In its current iteration, but you know they're still out there and they're still forming their little groups. Help a lot of them probably join the uh, transformative teaching collective, and if not, once they hear this, they probably will. Well, so it's an ongoing ideological war happening, and the left—they've been losing that war because the things that they are coming out with are just getting more and more absurd. They're pushing the line further and further to the point where you know. The average person just can't take it anymore. They're, they're, they've definitely been losing ground. And the more ground they lose, the more vitriolic they become. Well, a four-part article was written about South Carolina. It's called, it's called South Carolina's Critical Race War on Education, parts one through four. And this is on thegrio.com, which is just a leftist rag. Okay, so no need to go there and give them ad bucks. Okay, don't do it. Michael Harriet wrote this four-part series, and what you're what you're about to hear, pretty wild stuff. Okay, the article or the the series of articles, the very first paragraph, kind of sets the tone. It says there is an African American adage that was a, that was as true during the brief two and a half century era of race-based enslavement as it was the day four million pieces of human chattel were magically transformed into second-class citizens. As an axiom, it embodies the American sentiment euphemized as racial resentment, economic anxiety, or plain old, quote, white backlash. Here's the quote. The adage, quote, when white America catches a cold, black America catches pneumonia. Then he goes on, but if such a thing as black America exists, then where is its capital? Washington, D.C. is the capital of all of America. Brooklyn has been recently gentrified. And according to the research of noted geographer Amaretta the Great, the, head Amaretta the, Great, the headquarters of African America is not Atlanta. So where is the place that holds the history of Africans in America and center of operations? South Carolina is the capital of black America. This whole thing is a, you know, he goes on to just talk about divisions between black and white populations and this isn't that. Uh, racial resentment, white supremacy. Uh, he says that racial resentment and white supremacy in general begin with the history of South Carolina. So you can see where he's going with this. The whole thing is filled with critical race theory and, and we're going to we're going to go through in a, in a different format and kind of unpack what's going on all throughout these articles, but, but we're going to move on from the part one. I want to, I want to tell you what the, what the title of part three is part three, a confederacy of Karens part three, 
a confederacy of Karens. It says, part three of the, uh, the Griot series on the conservative war against critical race theory details how a group of angry white women took over a majority black school district and ousted its celebrated superintendent. wonder who that's about. Baron Davis is a problem. So Baron Davis is the former Richland County District 2 superintendent. And Baron Davis resigned. Now, there, there were uh, incidents where uh, his wife was also was, was a principal or, or a vice principal, maybe. I can't, can't quite recall off the top of my head. But there was an incident where they were at a board meeting and she was yelling at a kid who had come there to speak and was telling him to shut the F up and this and that. And Baron, uh, the superintendent, had like kind of bucked up to that kid and apparently like, it turned into a whole mess. And eventually... Uh, he resigned, but for this article, Barron gave the reporters some emails that included doxing parents of District 2. So, part three, a confederacy of Karens. When the Griot began planning this four-part series on the conservative anti-woke activists seeking to demonize scientifically proven education techniques in South Carolina's majority black schools, Dr. Barron Davis who I've known for more than three decades, was supposed to be a metaphor for resilience and black excellence. In 2017, he became the first black superintendent of Richland County 2 School District, South Carolina's fifth largest school district, and was an example of how the toxic swirl of white grievance, anti-black conservatism, and political extremism could be defeated by standing on principle. It goes on to say that the white people in South Carolina think Davis is a problem because he has uh, education and experience um, and a master's degree. And it goes on to talk about him, his achievements, et cetera, et cetera. And then this, uh, and then it goes on after about four paragraphs of that, it goes on to say that because he's never been to law school, it's impossible for him to have been implementing tenets of, of critical theory or critical race theory into the pedagogy of Richland's school system. So it says there's a difference between the academic field of critical race theory and what a cabal of outraged white women manufactured out of thin air. This is okay. Basically what I'm getting at is this is like some of the wildest, most racist, almost eugenics based hate just strewn into sentences and put out about South Carolinians trying to trying to make it a like specifically about racial division when it's anything but and they know that they know that critical race theory is a problem because it's false critical race theory is a problem because it it is just another iteration of pitting the so-called haves and the have-nots it's it's politics of grievance and and it's not conducive to, to, to having a successful society. It's actually exactly what has been used for over 100 years in one form or another to collapse societies. Now, we all know this. He goes on to talk about how all of this started, this, this battle started with the forced masking and, and, the forced, uh, and the forced school closures and the forced vaccinations. And that, of course, makes you a white supremacist as well. 
white ultra-conservative women seizing control of school boards throughout South Carolina is how he describes that that fight. <laughs> and now, like I said, uh, Barron gave this writer, who he's apparently known for three decades, access to emails, and those emails contain the names of parents, and those names are in this article. <laughs> then on top of that, one of the things... That he, uh, one of the little sub sub headlines says the head Karen in charge. Now, first of all, we we all we all know that Karen has been over the past few years transformed into a racial slur, mainly used for white women. Um, there's no doubt about that. So you know, just one of those tried and true tactics. Uh, but here we go. The head Karen in charge. If culturally responsive education and critical race theory are the work of Satan then Sherry Few must be white Jesus. For decades, the evangelical, gun-toting, pro-Confederate MAGA mom who declined the Griot's interview request, I mean, why would she? Jeez, look at what you're writing. Has led the culture war against anti-American and anti-Christian propaganda and other indoctrination in South Carolina schools as the founder of U.S. Parents Involved in Education, or USPIE, a conservative activist organization dedicated to eliminating critical race theory, explicit sex education, revisionist history, and gender confusion. She helped nationalize the effort to, quote, destroy education. And so here's my problem with that. So eliminating critical race theory is not destroying education. Okay, Critical race theory is destroying education. That's a fact. Eliminating explicit sex education, like all these porn books, in schools is not destroying education. Getting rid of revisionist history is the opposite of destroying education. Okay? And trying to eliminate adults confusing children about their gender is not destroying education. Here's my thing. The left knows this. The left knows all of this. The left knows what they're doing. When they write these extremely racist, hateful pieces, they know that they're extremely racist and hateful. When they purposefully misrepresent every point that we conservatives make, it's not because they're dumb. It's not by accident. It's on purpose. And they do that to cause confusion because it makes it easier for them to take over. It makes it easier for the left to gain power when they paint their their enemy, which in this case, according to this, this article, is, is white women, which is crazy. But mainly in, in left-right politics, it's going to be conservatives. If they can paint their enemy as bigoted, evil, whatever the case may be, it keeps others who are kind of on the outskirts of this political fight or this ideological war that's going on. It keeps them from even looking into it. And that's been the play forever. You're a misogynist. You're, you're homophobic. You're racist. You're a right-wing extremist, you're whatever, whatever the case, right? People don't like to be called those names. And a lot of people find that it's just easier to go along, to get along. 
than to question any of it. But the fact of the matter is when you bring those people specifics by and large, like when you show them genderqueer and say, do you really believe that this is appropriate for children to be reading in schools? You show them the specific nine times out of 10. They're like, yeah, that's, we shouldn't be doing that. Nine times out of 10, you bring them stamped for kids or the, uh, the abridged teen version of, of the original, you know, stamped. If you bring them that and you say, do you really think that the Salem witch trials were caused by white supremacy? Like it says here, they're going to say, no, that that's kind of ridiculous when you show the specifics. But the thing is that the left has, has spent years in academia creating entirely new weaponized jargon, changing language as, as quickly as possible in order to confuse the issue and creating all brand new expertises in non-existent fields of study so that they can be the authority on, on these non-existent things in order to get normal people who just don't have the time or, or, or don't want to get involved in order to get them to just give up their power so over their own children's education, for example. This is a game plan that's been going on for a long time, and, and it's not going to stop. But I just feel like that th there's a wild double standard when it comes to left versus right politics. Like, the left is literally, with with critical race theory and, and, uh, and gender theory, with all of these things, they're writing full-on historical inaccuracies when it comes to critical race theory, especially just total fabrications. And then with gender theory, especially and, and critical theory at large, they're, they're questioning the entire foundation of society of all society up is down, left is right. Men are women, right? So that's the, the, the entire thing is based on questioning everything that has given us electricity, the ability to travel, the ability to not die of a cold or a cut. Every modern convenience we have today, they're questioning all of it. But when you ask a question as a conservative about what they're doing, suddenly it's every name in the book. You're censored. You're cut off. You're ostracized from polite society. You're knocked outside of the Overton window. And that double standard is absurd and it's getting worse and worse and it's not going to get better unless when we see stuff like this, we do call it out unless we stand firm and not emotionally, not in an emotional way, because remember the left bases everything they do off of garnering an emotional response. That's what they want. They want a reaction, right? Because that then allows them to justify cracking down, right? Or justify censoring or whatever their goal is in that moment. But we do have to call it out, not emotionally. We have to be factual, logical. We have to act with purpose and respond with purpose rather than react through emotion. If we can do that, we will always win. We will always win because the truth is the truth. And it doesn't matter how you try and twist it or manipulate it. It just, it is the truth. And the way, look, the way that they make these, uh, these claims that it's just 
white versus black, white conservatives, white conservatives, white conservatives. That's not the case. That's just not the case. And they also know that that's true. But they speak in generalities. These these academic pseudo-intellectual leftists, they speak in generalities because it's easier to demonize a whole group of people if you speak in generalities. And they know that because those are the types of things they study. I mean, they read Mao. They, they, they study Alensky. They study Marx and Engels and Lenin. They know all about how to dehumanize, how to create an us-versus-them mentality, how to utilize it in politics, and they've all but perfected it. And the only way to fight back against that is by not allowing it to work and speaking in specifics. So yeah, thegrio.com, South Carolina's Critical Race War on Education, parts one through four. It's also convoluted, but we're going to take a, a deeper look into that on some other platforms and in some other ways. Like, But it's just, it's, it's frustrating to know people and see them written about in just completely fabricated, false, vitriolic ways. It's a, it's, it's, it's a little frustrating to see that happen, especially to people you know who are good people. I just, whatever. I guess, you know, this is, it's like what I always said. I mean, I've, I've said this, and I think most of us have said this. If, if getting porn books out of school makes us the bad guys, then, you know, then, okay, we're the bad guys, okay? If keeping fake history out of classes makes us the bad guys I'm fine with the bad guys if questioning an education system that's teaching its students to hate the nation in which they live makes us the bad guys then we're the bad guys whatever that's no society can survive if it hates its forebears or the founding of its of its nation it can't so ask yourself why these people know that because they, they've studied these things leftist academics know these things because they have studied them constantly so knowing that ask yourself why they are so adamant about doing it what's their end goal well that's going to do it for us here at the overton report this time stay tuned for some more updates on these issues and others uh, sign up the overton uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Corey.Allen.Overton, or just search The Overton Report and I'll pop right up. YouTube, youtube.com slash The Overton Report. We do videos a couple times a week there. And of course, every Tuesday night on BigPatriotRadio.com. And here pretty soon, you're just going to be able to find the podcast where you, wherever you like, wherever you listen to your other favorite podcast. My name is Corey Allen, and this has been the Overton Report.